This story is about working hard even when it seems silly. It's not boring. And for the people trying to make crazy things happen. It's that shot of optimism, yeah, yeah. It's not boring. Not boring is for the optimists. Take a little shot of optimism. Take a little shot of optimism. Just zoom out and take a little shot of optimism. Happy Thursday and welcome to Not Boring Founders, the podcast where we talk to the people who are building the future. I'm your host, Packy McCormick, and today we have a special guest for you, Andrew Herr, the CEO and founder of Fount. Andrew might know more about how the human body works and human performance than anybody in the world, certainly than anybody I've ever met. Before starting Fount, he ran human performance efforts for the U.S. military and designed programs for Navy SEALs and fighter pilots. Since then, he's been working with a team of experts who have trained special operators, NBA, MLB, and Olympic teams, and even Cirque du Soleil artists to build the first truly comprehensive health and performance program available to anybody. To start, the program is high-end and really hands-on. I think it starts at around $3,000 Per month for the first few months before dropping down from there, but it involves everything. You have your blood tested. They give you a diet plan and supplements and a workout plan, even a trainer. I'm on a breathwork and meditation plan. Depending on what your specific goals are and what your blood work says and, and how your body feels, they'll come up with a plan specifically tailored for you and then have you work with a coach who's available at any time to help you kind of tailor and tweak that plan. You'll run a bunch of different experiments to see what works for you. My coach guy is a former Navy SEAL. These guys are not messing around. I've written about Fount before and the impact that it's had on me. First, I went to them and asked them to help me give me more energy. They found out that I was anemic, they fixed that. We did a bunch of different things and I really do feel like despite having two kids, I have a bunch more energy than I did before. But I was still fat, so I asked them to help me get in shape. They put me on a fast-mimicking diet for the first week to kick it off. I think that was last July. And ever since then, I've been working out, eating healthier, and I've lost about 30 pounds. I'm faster. My VO2 max is better. My HRV is better. Fount has been an absolute game changer for me. But the goal isn't to just work with a few people in a really hands-on way. While I've been doing Fount, they've been running a bunch of experiments on me and collecting the data. I have my aura ring hooked up. I have the weeping scale hooked up. I'm giving them uh, feedback. They're seeing what's working, what's not working. And the goal is to build up this really big data set of N of one experiments that nobody else has over time with a bunch of different data points so they can use that to build software that brings the power of the Fount program to more and more people. That doesn't mean you'll be able to take a blood test and and plug in your information and get a plan. What it means is they'll be able to run a bunch of experiments through software with you to see what works for your body and continue to improve it over time. It's a program that I can't say enough good things about and a company that I'm really, really excited about. But Andrew's better at explaining all of this than I am. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Andrew Herr, the CEO and co-founder of Fount. Andrew, welcome to Not Boring Founders. Thanks, Taki. Great to be here. So people who are listening to this, you know, it's a smaller group than the newsletter. So I would imagine if you're listening to Not Boring Founders, probably read the newsletter and have also read about Found. It's one of my favorite pieces that I've written on a company. I think the story and the strategy and everything you're doing is just so cool. But in case people haven't read it or might not remember from a year ago, what does Found do? 
So we run the most comprehensive and customized wellness and performance programs in the world. So we're doing blood work, wearables, and that's sleep and stress monitoring, continuous glucose monitoring. And then we deep dive with one-on-one -on -one coaching relationship. And we use that to run a bunch of experiments, optimize, you know, whatever your goals are, energy, focused mood, sleep, gut health, longevity, fertility. And what our bigger mission is, is to take that approach, true one-on-one -on -one end of one experimentation customization and use those data sets to build digital coaches that can scale this to millions of people. I'm a very happy user and have been on Bump for over a year now. And so our first thing that we attacked was energy. My energy levels with a kid and working a lot were terrible and found out that, you know, there are a bunch of issues that we ended up fixing. And then I moved on to weight loss because I was energetic with fat. And then that worked and we kicked off with a five-day kind of fast mimicking diet. And it's, you know, I haven't looked back since then. What are the most popular things that people try to address with Bound? So definitely that energy and focus piece. A lot of our clients are founders, executives, even new parents, like you said, who aren't getting enough sleep. So everybody loves to feel better. Um, and then huge trend these days in optimizing not only for the short term and, you know, things like energy focused mood, but also thinking about the long-term longevity stuff. And so they want to make sure inflammation is low, biomarkers look great. And the, I'd say like really the fun of this is like you can optimize for the short and long-term. If you think about heuristically, you can make a car go faster by putting your foot on the gas, but that's more wear and tear, more heat, more damage to the engine. Or you can figure out how to take your foot off the brake and then the car goes faster for free. So what's an example of, of taking your foot off of the brake kind of move here? Yeah. So for example, that could be anything from identifying an unknown food sensitivity. You know, we, we see this all the time in the patterns of how people feel after they eat. And then we can use elimination diets and other approaches to figure that out. I was at a dinner with the founder the other night and he ate something and I watched him start to get a histamine response. And I, I was like, have you ever noticed that when you eat onions, you get this response? And he's like, my wife was mentioning that the other day. Why? And I was like, well, because it's really clear that X, Y, and Z are happening to you. And I just like to invite you to consider this. But obviously I'm not having dinner with all of our clients, but we understand how to figure out those patterns. There could be things. And also just, you know, I was talking to somebody who had been an elite athlete the other day, really a lot of knowledge in this space cold plunging regularly, love cold plunge, but was doing it right after the workout, which means you lose a dramatic portion of the benefits because that cold plunge breaks some of the free radical and inflammatory signaling in the muscles required to generate new mitochondria. So one of the craziest ones for me is if you take a multivitamin in the morning, vitamin C and E in there block signaling from workouts, you lose 50% of the value of your workout if you, if you work out after taking a multivitamin in the next couple of hours. No way. 50% of the benefit as measured how? Mitochondrial density in the muscles, which is one of the most powerful metabolic benefits you get from the from working out. That's unbelievable. So obviously you're, you know, you can you can sit at a dinner with somebody, see that they're getting turning red and and see that it's the onions and say why the onions are doing that and all of that. What is your background? I think it's one of the coolest backgrounds of any of the founders that I've met. How did you get here? Thanks, Jackie. You know, a, a couple of doses of serendipity and a couple of life choices, some good, some bad. So I ran human performance and biotech strategy efforts for the military for seven years. Had the opportunity to do everything from kind of writing research and development strategy down to getting Navy SEALs ready to deploy, 
very cl big clinical trial. And I got there because I had a very strange background. I had a degree in health physics, which is sort of radiation physics and biology, and a second graduate degree in immunology and microbiology, and a third one in national security policy. And somebody walked into a career center one day at Georgetown where I was and said, we need somebody who does biology, national security, and can write. And they're like, well, we know this guy, Andrew. And so that led to the military, which led to a lot of really amazing experiences and some big takeaways that were kind of led me to build Fount. So it is really cool to see that like Fount is kind of a process, at least in the beginning, of taking a lot of the things that you learned out of your head and putting them in software. I mean, I think you started it as kind of more of a one-on-one -on -one kind of coaching thing and then turned it into a product and now a fast-growing company. What's that process been like? How do you think about kind of systematically taking what's in your head and, and putting it into software and repeatable protocols? Yeah, so I think the really interesting thing is I realized that I know how to train people to coach like I did. I, you know, before running Found, I ran a coaching business. And so through the process of training other coaches, we documented that. And the approach that we use to train other coaches starts to give you a full framework for how to conceptualize this from a software standpoint. So we think about different physiological pathways, inflammation, blood sugar, anabolic, catabolic balance, stress hormone levels, thyroid, others. So we think about all these pathways. We think about things that can perturb or influence those pathways. When, when those pathways are modified, what systems in your body do they affect? Then how do those changes in systems affect how you feel? And then what are the tools we can use to modify that four-step chain? And so once you start to see that there's sort of a, this like five parts to the puzzle, you can start to think about how to understand what someone's doing that's influencing their body, how to predict what's causing the end results, and then how to modify it. And that's sort of a model for how we think about both understanding what's going on in someone's body and then influencing it. And I'd say the kind of coolest outcome of that is then when you can build that into a full algorithm. And so for Jetlag, we've already launched our FlyKit product and we've basically been able to fully algorithmically implement that. So 90 plus percent of people can now fill out like a quick survey in the app, get the physical FlyKit, follow the instructions the morning they leave and, you know, 90 plus percent of people can go to Europe, age Australia with minimal no jet lag. I know I've only tried it on the trip to Las Vegas. I haven't had an international trip with the kids uh, since then, but I love the, the things that you put on your leg that like shock them the whole time to keep them from not falling asleep and just being able to like kind of chug really sugary coffee. Like those two things were, were amazing. I think probably staying up until 6am in Vegas didn't help the the protocol, but even then we talked about it and you're like, cool, well, if that's the the facts on the ground, then like, here's how we would adjust the, I think it even asked in the app, like kind of what time you plan on going to bed and all of that. So it's one of the things that I like about Bount generally, and I'd love to hear about the philosophy behind this, which is if you're an alcoholic, cool, we will build something that kind of takes that into account and gets the best results possible. If you're going to stay up until five in the morning, great. How do you think about forcing like the very best overall thing on somebody versus working with kind of the situation that they're in and likely to stay in? Yeah, I think about a triple customization. So you're, we got to customize to your body or else it doesn't work that well. To your goals or else you don't care. And to your lifestyle or else you won't stick with it. And I think in there, 
like, sure, if somebody is an alcoholic, which we sort of define as it negatively impacting their life, then like if their goals are to achieve things where the alcohol is impacting that, then we'll talk to them about that. But if their goals aren't, or they're like, look, this is not a time in my life where this is the thing I can go after, then we, you want to mitigate the damage and mitigate the effects and, you know, both behaviorally and otherwise. And, you know, look, if somebody doesn't want to change, you're almost never going to be able to push them to. If somebody wants to, but doesn't have the resources, be those emotional knowledge or other, then you can help them. And so as long as somebody wants to change, like we're all in to support you and we want to help you reach whatever your goals are. And so I think recognizing those things, like that's one of those cases in life where great can be not just the enemy, but like the death knell of good. I mean, feels like you started this company, you've been doing this forever. And then over the past few months, thanks to Brian Johnson spending $2 million on his body, longevity and human performance have become this thing that everybody is talking about. That's an extreme case where it's not like, hey, we'll meet where you are. It's like, all right, you have to sleep 100% every night, no alcohol, only whole foods, all, all of those types of things. Can you, as someone who knows what you're talking about here, explain what's going on with Brian Johnson and, and Blueprint and then maybe how Bount differs? Yeah, so I'd say the great thing that Brian's doing is he's running experiments on himself. You know, there is no test in the world that can tell you exactly what your body needs. And anyone out there who has a test or blood tests or whatever DNA that tells you that is leaving a lot on the table. And so he's running a lot of diagnostics and then he's, you know, watching the results. And I think that's exactly right because that allows, you know, you want to run the diagnostics, you want to help guide and understand what work might work. And then you look at the results and you iterate. So I love that. You know, I'd say the parts some people react to is they're like, I don't want to live that lifestyle. That's your choice and that's fine. And, you know, I would say Brian saying, you know, when I read the article and I read his quotes, you know, he's like, this is what I want and this is my goals. And, you know, I think he probably thinks it would be good for more people to live more like that. But as long as he's not forcing you to do it, then take whatever parts of that are good and others. I'd say the one risk of it, and this isn't on Brian at all, but is a lot of people are like, oh, this, I must have to do all those things for me. And it very well may be the case that some of those things are wrong for you and right for him. And I think that's really important is again, like there's no reason you should assume that the like LeBron James's protocol is right for you. He probably weighs 50% more than you and no offense, but probably has 50% more muscle mass than you. Not, not, not you packing. You're looking good. He has this, 75% but, more than me. Yeah. Uh, right. But like, why would you expect that you have the same physiology as some other person? It, it doesn't actually even make sense from kind of an objective standpoint. And so you know, we just have to make sure we're thinking about customizing to ourselves. And then you also don't have to spend $2 million a year to do it. You know, at Fout, you're spending like one cent on the dollar to do that. You know, our programs are still expensive. It's, you know, 12K for the four-month intensive first sprint and then, you know, five to $600 a month after that. So, you know, you're doing that for, you know, pennies on the dollar of what Brian's spending. And if you can't afford Fout, there are still a lot of things you can do for pennies on the dollar of what we do in running experiments with how do you feel after you eat? How do different things affect you when you're, you know, your sleep on a wearable that's relatively accessible? Uh, and so we, you know, again, this experimental protocol approach is the most important thing that both we do and, and that Brian leans into really well. Yeah, I, I experimented. I found that 
shooting collagen into my face didn't, didn't do anything for me. So no, I'm kidding. I did not shoot collagen into my face. Walk me through, I guess. I mean, I, I know the answer to this. I've done it. I've loved it, but even maybe like the current, you know, you get onboarded to found, you go through four months. Like, what does that look like for somebody kind of soup to nuts? Like, what is that process? Yeah. So first we're going to do a deep dive on the data. Cause again, we want both a baseline. We want to know where you start so we can see where you're going. And then two, we want to target the highest ROI experiments. It's not that they, you know, I said no test in the world can tell you exactly what you need. Emphasis on exactly. We can get a better sense of what's going on. So in-depth blood work, we're talking 125 plus biomarkers, like a dozen plus vials of blood for most people. It was, I think I, it was like 16 for me in my, my last one. Yeah, it's a lot of blood. It's a lot of blood, but we get so much valuable information. And also people who have fears, we can put a lot of fears to rest with that. Two, wearables. We're looking at both sleep and stress monitoring. That's like an aura or whoop. And as well as continuous glucose monitoring. And then we're going to get a movement baseline. So we have a you know, team of like incredible trainers on ours who will look at joint by joint movement assessment, really help understand where your goals are there. And then a deep dive one-on-one -on -one personal interview with person who's going to be your dedicated performance advisor. So it's a one-on-one -on -one relationship for the entirety of your time with Found and just like able to really go deep into your goals, your day-to-day -day schedule, lifestyle, family history, everything. And so now we have an incredibly comprehensive picture. And so for the first three weeks, we're building this comprehensive picture of your body, your goals, your lifestyle. And then we dive into experimentation. And so then we're going to start running one to four experiments a week. That first month of experimentation, after we finish kind of that onboarding period, really focused on a combination of exploring your physiology, understanding what's, what are the major levers that are affecting your goals, and then also getting you some quick wins. And then sort of moving into that next month, we'll then start to really refine those and dial those in. And then that final month of experimentation is really about kind of playbooking it. Like, how do we get you to that next plateau? that then once we finish the initial four months is a launching point to continuing to make progress. Thankfully, I mean, I think it's a testament to our performance advisors and our, our process that you know, the majority of people will sign up to continue well into the future. We also make life easy. You know, we're, we run our own custom supplement packaging facility that lets us, you know, send you custom rolls of supplements. You know, we you know, have relationships for all the different tech you may need. And again, just want to make life easy and better. I have two ways I want to go here. One, I think I just want to get this one out of the way. Supplements. It feels like a really controversial topic. Some people say they're like completely worthless. I trust you deeply on this subject. Like why are supplements good here? Why do supplements have a bad reputation? When are they bad? When are or ineffective? Like just dive in on supplements a little bit. So there's two reasons you might want to use supplements. The first is if you have some sort of deficiency. That could be because you don't get something for your diet. You don't absorb things well from your diet, or you're using things at a dramatic rate. Maybe you know you're burning through a lot of electrolytes when you work out, or you know, some other you know very high levels of stress, inflammatory things that are burning through your omega three fatty acids or vitamin D levels. So, you know, we can use those to replete there. And the fact is, like, I can just deliver you higher levels via supplements than I can via food in concentrated forms. And so that may be useful to like get you back from deficiency or prevent that. And then the second thing is there are tools I can use to shift your physiology. I can shift your stress hormone levels with flavanol compounds from extracted from cocoa or the amino acid L-theanine. Um, I can shift your inflammatory levels with 
anthocyanin compounds from extracted from fruits and vegetables, from curcumin taken from turmeric. Um, you know, I can move your, like help your gut move better with certain magnesium compounds, but too much of that's going to make it move too quickly. And so I think what the point being like, these are tools and they can be useful tools, but two things are the case. One, customization is everywhere important and very much so with supplements. And so, you know, again, there are supplements that will make me jittery and make you calm. In fact, that I mentioned these cocoa extracts. We see that with cocoa extracts where some people are jittery and it calms and decreases stress hormone levels for other people. So you end up in this world then, unfortunately, where it's easier to sell one size fits all. And this is why there's a lot of, I think, anger at sort of the snake oil stuff is like almost everyone's saying, you need to take all these supplements. This is the perfect mix. And there's just no such thing. Like there's a perfect packy mix today, which may be different from a perfect packy mix a year from now. There's a perfect Andrew mix for today. And there's a perfect time for me to take them. These in the morning, these at night. And so I think the point being like, if you customize, they can be really effective tools. But taking a multivitamin means if you're taking 40 things in there, honestly, some of them are going to help and some of them are going to hurt. And they probably net out somewhere in the zero range. And I think, you know, and so just to say last, you know, the modern medical system has been taught that like anything you do is likely to harm you. And so this is like kind of a weird frame. It's because like any intervention, like prescription drugs tend to have major side effects. Surgery, of course, has major side effects. So doctors have this mindset that anything you would add has a major side effect. And they've also been told a little bit because of their identity is if it's not prescription or medical, that it's not real. They've been told that like, you know, that you just have to eat a healthy diet. It's just, you know, general advice. Supplements don't work. And so doctors really have no education in this space. You know, at least until a few years ago, the average doctor was getting like three to 10 hours of nutrition training in all of medical school. And nutrition is one of the most powerful tools in the world that like possible to improve your health. And so you know, when somebody doesn't understand something, they're more scared of it. There's like well-documented cognitive biases if somebody doesn't understand things. So, you know, I think the fact is like the medical system doesn't have strong incentives towards it. There are a lot of snake oil salesmen out there. And so those things give it a bad rap when they can just be valuable tools for some people for sometimes. Yeah. Just speaking very personally here, we talked and I wrote about it in the piece, like you found out that I was anemic when we, when, you know, when I started the program and then you gave me changes, gave me supplements, dietary changes, and then I wasn't anemic. So it like does kind of, at least for me, objectively, objectively work. Yeah. And again, we see dramatic changes from supplements, but it's even better than when you combine it with diet, meditation, breath work, all these other tools, like, you know, whatever your, your body, your goals, your lifestyle. The breathwork one is you've gotten me, gotten me hooked up, like maybe actually addicted to breathwork now a little bit. Like I, I try to do it once a day. It's probably a, a good addiction, but that's another one where like just my, my heart rate variability, my HRV was just bad. Like in the twenties at night, I'd wake up in the morning and like my aura ring would be like flashing and telling me that that was bad. <laughs> I texted you and I was like, what should I do here? And you said ice baths, which I have not been able to do, but apparently other, other ship is coming to Brooklyn at some point soon. And so I'll actually have an ice bath near me and then breath work. And like last night, I think my 
HIV was 62, which is like just it was unheard of before. And so like, I don't want to optimize for one thing, but it's just very cool that there's like a problem and then these interventions that you can do or like a series of interventions and tests that you can run. And then like, it just kind of works. It's been really fun to see the body as a machine that way. Yeah. And, you know, I think people are like, oh, but then I'm going to like, am I going to take all this fun out of living? It's like, no, you don't have to. Like, you know, one, okay, you're going to go to a dinner and eat a bunch of things, you know, are going to make you feel worse tomorrow. If it's worth it, do it. If somebody wants to pay for me to go to a Michelin star dinner tonight, I will eat all that stuff. No problem. And I'll do a bunch of things to make me feel less bad tomorrow. You don't have to take the fun out, but you just have opportunities to feel better. I call it tomorrow hedonism. I'm not asking anyone to not be hedonistic. You're a human being. Like, let's not treat ourselves like robots. Like, do things to feel good. But if you think about feeling good later today or tomorrow, your decisions are way different. And I find it can be a really awesome virtuous cycle. For sure. Yeah. I, my biggest thing now, and this is a product request that we've talked about a bunch, is like, I, I will just eat pizza. Like, that, that, is my, that is my thing now, particularly now that I'm running more. I feel like I, I can run 30 miles a week and then literally eat anything. And that feels like one of those short-term, long-term kind of problems where long-term it can't be good that I'm eating pizza every week, but short-term it feels great that I can eat pizza and not gain weight. So when are we going to have personalized meal kits that I, it just takes the decision-making out of it completely? Yeah, we, we're definitely moving towards it. You know, we already do personalized meal plans with like shopping lists and recipes and as soon as we can find partners in our major markets that can do a high enough quality meal, the problem is like anyone who reaches scale, especially nationwide, there's trade-offs between taste and quality and scalability. Yeah. And so as soon as we can get to the place where we can deliver it to our clients, like that's, that would be our favorite thing to do because like you said, make life easy make experimentation easy. Be like, hey, just eat these things this week and that'll be your elimination diet. You don't even have to think about it. It's already built in. Like, how did you feel each day? And we can measure that. So definitely is our top pick if we could deliver any service for our clients, but, you know, have to be able to do it at our level of quality. For sure. What else is on that kind of future roadmap wish list of things that like either the technology needs to get better or there needs to be a partner who can do something what else do you want to add to the program over time? Some things we think about are like more in-depth sort of cognitive behavioral therapy tools. There's all kinds of cool ways to shift your mindset that are very powerful for performance and outcomes. One of the things I find is really interesting is often when you're talking to founders, they'll be like a little bit worried about decreasing their stress level hmm. because they believe and have experienced that they perform well under stress. And so if you're a successful founder, you almost certainly perform well under stress. And they think that the stress is required then for their performance. And there's a trick where like some stress is required for performance. There's actually an upside down you relationship between stress and performance. So too little input, you know, arousal in the psychological sense, not the sexual sense, uh, too much, too little arousal and you're just kind of bored. And then more and you start to get more and more focus, you just kind of go up and up in your performance, but then you start to come down the other side. Hmm. And it's because basically in your brain, there's a signal to noise ratio. So like, you know, the signal gets stronger as you put a little more stress in the system and then it starts to fuzz your brain and the noise gets really strong as you come over the top. And so, yes, stress helps you perform better, but too much actually starts to decrease your performance 
and your motivation is there no matter what, you can keep your motivation, lower your stress levels. And so, you know, again, understanding both the cognitive tools to get people there, as well as we have really cool levers where we can modify your stress hormone levels physiologically. So I think about, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, and then just more tools to track. Like, you know, Theranos was, you know, a generational bust for us, but I have a call on Friday with another company that's looking to be able to do at-home blood testing. And these are real pieces of technology. And so again, you know, any at-home high fidelity, high frequency testing, we're super excited about. That's really cool. I guess without revealing too much about them, like what, what has changed since the biggest kind of biotech fraud of the past decade that makes it viable now? Or is it the scope? What's different now? I think if it works, and again, these are a lot of these are early stage, but but some of them are a little bit further down the path, at least, you know, if it works, it'll be being smart about what you can test for in a small blood sample. Some things you just can't test for in a small blood sample. I think it's what is possible to test for, what is valuable, and then what's the like technological breakthrough that makes it feasible at cost at home. Our bigger mission is not to run a high-end concierge program. I love doing it. I love delivering the results we do for our clients. It's super fun to have like a former special operator or sport, Olympic sports scientist as your coach. And our mission is to deliver this to millions of people as we scale it. And so I'm also just really excited to put more products out there. You know, we're going to launch this year a sleep coach that will actually superpower your aura ring or whoop strap or whatever wearable you have. You know, right now they tell you to go to bed earlier or maybe not eat late. And like, that's kind of the extent of it but I can deliver you a dozen customized experiments, help you interpret which ones are working um, across supplements, meditation, breath work, sleep environment changes. And then what do you do the next day if you didn't sleep that well? How do I modify stress levels and inflammation and mood and energy? And so we're going to deliver a coach that can help you optimize for your best sleep every night and then your best next day every day. But we'll launch that this year and that'll be like at a much more accessible price point. Yeah, I'm first in line for that product. And I, I like having the the aura ring and seeing kind of how I'm sleeping every night, although like some of it I'm sure is making me more tired if I see a bad number. But the thing that like bugs me every time is when I have like the healthiest day before, like if I go for a nice run in the morning and then I like the run just kills my scores, my recovery score. And then you like look at the factors in it. And the reason that it's your score is bad is because you had a high exercise index or whatever the day before it's just like very circular that way so i'm excited to get more granular and more targeted in figuring out what's coming out of my sleep yeah and again that's the problem of some of these composite scores is like your readiness is lower because you did great yesterday it's like well my body is doing great maybe i don't want to run long today but like how do you interpret those scores how do you prevent those scores from nagging you like you've implied there And we want to build all that into like an amazing sleep coaching experience. And we already have all the IP ready and now it's, it's a product build and we can get that early access to the beta to some of your not boring listeners or readers. A hundred percent. I would love that. If my long pieces don't put them to sleep, then, then this will. (laughs) What else do you have on the kind of single products? We have fly kit, we'll have the sleep coach coming. I guess, what else do you have on the roadmap there? And then how do you think about what goes in pro and then like what you break off as kind of these individual products? Yeah, so everything goes in pro. If you're a pro customer, you get everything we do and want to give you, you know, obviously an amazing experience. 
The next thing coming is, you know, we're here to solve challenges and take advantage of opportunities for our clients. In early testing, looks like we have a 90% solution to PMS. It's one of those things that like you sort of don't believe like the first few times it works and then it keeps working and it keeps working. It was like the fly kit protocol. Like, you know, it took me a long time to actually believe we had a 90 plus percent solution to jet lag there, but eventually enough people are like, well, really it worked that you you're forced to believe it. And so PMS symptoms are a combination uh, of effects from these varying hormonal cycles in women. One of the major effects is you know, during ovulation to increase the chance of conception pregnancy, your, the immune system actually dips in activity. Um, and then it compensates and rises again afterwards. And that increase in inflammation can, can contribute to cramps and a lot of these like really nasty symptoms that women have up to now been told to like take Advil or just kind of deal with. But there's no reason that we can't mitigate those symptoms. And so we put together protocols. We have some you know, often awesome female performance advisors that are kind of leading some of these efforts. And uh, just to say that at least for the physical symptoms, seems to be dramatic benefits in the majority of women and then also major benefits on the mood side as well. That's unbelievable. So I guess the difference is this is something that affects half the people in the world. Like it's crazy that there is a solution waiting and it hasn't happened yet. Is it just the difference between like thinking about a pill versus thinking about a full protocol? Is that like the shift in mindset here? Or how are you able to kind of figure this one out? You know, I think it's one, running experiments to figure out what does work. Two, I mean, there's been a, there's almost all studies only look at men because they want to deal with the hormonal variability. So it's just like a dramatic under focus on women's health in general. That's sort of a longer discussion that we have a big problem with societally. And then, you know, we just bring all of these different vectors of knowledge from elite sports and the military world, from just working with our clients day to day, thinking deeply about what those symptoms are. And I think it's really about putting it all together. And so I think we have a really amazing set of people on our team that really think about how to put things together. It's really cool. So I want to talk about the future vision. So in the piece we talked about, essentially this magic trick that out pulled, which is that you're getting people to pay you $3,000 a month for four months to collect their data and like build this really smart product that hopefully over time becomes more accessible compared to, to the Tesla master plan where you sell this like very expensive car in the beginning for the people who want kind of really access and can afford it. And they kind of subsidize the development of hopefully this cheaper product over time that's more, more mass market. And hopefully to your point, hits millions and millions and millions of people. One, like, tell me about how you think about collecting the data and what all the backend systems are. And then two, as you're thinking about you know, these, these single kind of application products are interesting because you said, like, you know, the BMS one may be 90% effective for 90% of people. So it seems like there are some things that are quasi personalized and maybe more general and some things that are very specific. It's like, what is the ratio there? And how do you think about building over time, the software product, you know, based on those findings? Yeah, so I think starting from the PMS product and then going forward, like that's, you know, 90% effective with some personalization. And so then how do you build that personalization into software? But stepping back further, basically, you know, we have all these cool machine learning tools out there. You know, everyone's playing with ChatGPT and it's like slightly more evil follow-ons. And so we know that you can build systems that can deliver fairly tailored information. 
But to do that, they have to have a corpus of data that allows them to deliver that customized knowledge. And it turns out that today, you know, as we talked about in the piece, the clinical trial literature and data and information available just is not possible to customize to individuals from. It always looks at groups, doesn't look like end of one studies, doesn't look at you. It doesn't have enough precision to know what you need. And so that's what our data set does. Dozens of experiments per client, high fidelity, high frequency, blood work, wearable, and self-report data. And so now we have this data set. And what we do is we use machine learning models to then allow it to predict what experiments will help us get to higher certainty for you. And so we're not actually trying to build the button. It's the find the answer button. We want to build the design the experiment button. And the cool thing is if you can do it really well, you only need a few experiments to really lower the uncertainty very quickly and converge quickly on what you need. And so that's sort of the beauty. It's both this unprecedented data set we're building that by the way, like to be clear, yes, our existing clients are kind of subsidizing for people in the future, but like they're helping the world by doing that. And because this is like such an amazing asset for the company, we'll never sell your data. Like literally what we're building the future of the company on. And so we're then using that unique data set and this sort of unique experiment driven approach, both to collect the data and to leverage the data. And because of that, you need a lot less. And so with thousands of clients, instead of millions of clients, we'll be able to build these systems that can handle 70% of the population and then just refine from there to be able to handle more and more people. What is the world, and this, this is my favorite ending question, and I think I love it particularly in, in this case. I kind of predicted and guessed and did all of that in, in the piece, but I'd love to hear in your words, like what the world looks like in a decade or, or kind of beyond if you are wildly successful in that version of the world. Think about all the ways the current medical system sucks. It's hard to get it with a doctor. They don't have answers to 90% of your questions unless it's like a really serious, horrible medical condition. And for many of those, even they don't have answers. It solves all of this. You know, in 10 years from now, when we've been wildly successful, we can help people much more easily solve their metabolic health issues, obesity, diabetes, you know, heart disease prevention. So suddenly the medical system, like 60 to 80% of that burden is pulled off and you can actually get into a doctor and you already have the answer if it's sort of a lifestyle thing or your doctor is super powered by found products and they have answers to what you need or at least a pathway to run experiments to get you there. And so people suddenly have access to the information they need. The system isn't like breaking the bank for companies and individuals. Um, and meanwhile, everyone else is using this to feel better and perform better, you know, and really the ultimate vision is, is not just that people feel better, it's but that they feel and perform better so they can do better things for their families, for their communities and for the world. This is one that I'm going to ask you to pull something out of your butt on, but I would imagine you've thought about more than, than I have in that world or in, you know, a decade or two, what's the average life expectancy of somebody in like a developed country? Super interesting question. I would say we should be able to add one to two decades. It won't happen right away because you know, some of these effects compound over time. And so if you think about the life expectancy of somebody born then, yeah, I could, you could push things out easily a couple of decades. And maybe more importantly, like 
when you're older, you have a lower risk of Alzheimer's. You're less frail and you can move more and all these things that make life of much higher quality. And so I think not only living longer, but living better. And that's a hell of a combination. Hell yeah. Well, that's a perfect place to end this. Andrew, thank you for making me uh, more energetic and less fat and just kind of more in tune with how the choices I make impact my body. Thanks for letting me be a part of the found journey. And thanks for joining us today. Thanks for all your support, Packy. Love everything you do. And it was great to be here.